Assalamu alaikum guys and welcome back to another episode of the Word Affairs. So you can hear a bit of noise in the back. Um there's a bit of traffic. I think there's some beeping and like you'll probably hear some birds later on, but the reason for that is because I am currently in Morocco. So I'm literally sat on the balcony. Um balcony? What's the balcony? I was gonna say the other thing, but basically I'm sat on the balcony in Agadir. Um, and literally in front of me, I have got the most beautiful view of palm trees and the sea and subhanAllah, like it is literally gorgeous. So, um, I was almost going to miss this week's episode because I didn't have one recorded, like pre-recorded, which I normally would have done, but I just genuinely did not have the time. So, um, I was so confused, but thankfully, alhamdulillah, the like podcast hosts that I use um they actually have an like an option to record from your phone which is what I'm doing right now so that is why we are here on a balcony in Morocco um so yeah anyways um I am on holiday but I'm dedicated to giving you guys an episode since I have been getting the most loveliest messages ever um thank you to each and every single person who has reached out recently I literally absolutely love having a conversation with you guys thank you so much for the messages I absolutely adore them if you haven't messaged me yet and you're still thinking of doing it why are you waiting and definitely follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the word affairs um so yeah let's just get into this week's episode um and I do apologize in advance for any noise in the back because it's literally out of my control anyways um so i've basically obviously thought of doing i did have an episode basically planned because you can clearly tell i'm a little bit all over the place but um i thought it's best to be doing it sitting down back in like my little makeshift studio in my bedroom so i thought okay i'll leave that one for then but funnily enough i just saw something on reddit and i was like subhanallah it literally equates to my life right now as in literally sat here in morocco so for those of you who don't know morocco is a muslim country um literally one of the most beautiful countries in the world in my opinion it is in africa and i've already been here about four years ago so which is so weird because i actually deep the fact that it was four years ago and it doesn't feel that way but i was 18 back when i went and ever since then i have always 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 thought of it like literally when i'm gonna be going back when i'm gonna be doing it again and here i am alhamdulillah which is so crazy how like life works because when i look back to the way i was in 18 years old and like today who i am two totally different people um but obviously it is a muslim country so literally like majority of the people around here are muslim the lifestyle is very um you know islamic there's mosques everywhere there's the adhan and it's just so so beautiful and the people are so lovely by the way like i don't know if you guys haven't been to morocco but the people are absolutely insanely amazing like mashallah so if there's any moroccans out there like that listening to this like your country is literally amazing but i saw a uh reddit thread and i was gonna touch on it and by the way i think today we are gonna be doing a lot of reddit threads inshallah um i don't know how long the episode will be because obviously we're in a little bit of a different situation but i saved a um reddit thread and basically i'll just read it out to you guys so the title is basically i don't know what to title this to be honest i feel like i'm not doing enough like we all have an obligation to do something for the benefit of this ummah to put a stop to haram but how we are surrounded with fitna especially here in the west and westernized countries in general there's so much filth how do we answer to allah i want my purpose in life 
to be something close to Islam. And I'm grateful for having work, of course I am. But sometimes I think how nice it would be to be in a Muslim country, always helping others, always looking out for others, being involved with my fellow sisters in our community. Know what I mean? Does anyone else feel this way? So, I think that this is a massive, massive discourse that we've had um, everywhere on social media. Um, Scholars have touched on this. Islamic speakers have touched on this. Your friends have probably touched on this. The whole concept of living in the West versus living in the East. Living in a non-Muslim country versus living in a Muslim country. The differences are honestly so big and so huge. I will put my hand up and I will be the first person to say yes 100% Muslim countries over a non-Muslim country but even then it depends on the country itself so for example I am Pakistani um and obviously I've been to Pakistan quite a few times now um my you know basically basically like my entire line of ancestors are Pakistani I guess if you don't count the partition in India I'm not entirely sure um but yeah which also I've never really looked into my like family history I really do think I should do that but I don't know what I'd find like I don't think it's very very interesting anyway but um yeah so that is obviously a muslim country um in fact that is the entire reason why it was established in the first place because in india there was a big disparity which sadly is still existent to this day um between the muslims and the non-muslims and so the muslims basically started fighting for a land of their own or just like a piece that they could call their own and that's why it was called pakistan um and it was formulated for essentially the muslims to move there and to migrate and obviously there was a lot that went through you know that the people went through the the example of the partition it was it was horrific you know trains of dead people arriving at stations and stuff and you know both parties suffered equally the muslims and the hindus and even the sikhs especially um so there was a lot of sadness that was involved in that but that's another story for another day um but regards back to what we were saying about muslim countries there is so much that you will see in countries which like don't really agree with it so for example you could go into a muslim country and you might see something and you're like oh hang on i was not expecting that to be here or i was not expecting those people to be doing that and yet at the same time you could feel that in a western country i think it was um yahya buzir and he went to turkey not so long ago uh, which they're always there anyway but if you don't know who he is he's a tiktoker and a youtuber and yeah really really good role models to look up to i genuinely think um mashallah they they are very good examples um but obviously yeah so back to what we were saying um in terms of like living in the west and stuff so yahya buzir and their family live in ireland and his elder brother and sister-in-law moved to turkey so they obviously travel quite a bit back and forth sorry um but he said something, he made a video and he was talking about how he went to go pray in one of the mosques at Turkey and sadly there was not a lot of the youth that was present at that time in the mosque and it kind of shocked him and he was just like, well, like it's a Muslim country and you think like there'd be a lot more youth but when you go into the West or like in the UK or wherever, like there's, there's quite a bit of youth in the mosques and he was saying, he puts it down to the fact like he thinks that in the West we've realised like we realise just how hard it is to hold on to your iman and it's how hard it is to basically hold on to your role as Muslim. And so going to the mosque and doing this type of stuff it is really beneficial for us. Whereas in the in, in Muslim countries, there might be a difference with that. Um, but on the whole, like, obviously I'm literally sat in Morocco right now and the reason why I love this place so much was because I feel like it was my first ever exposure to 
the concept of Islam being everywhere. Um, or at least that's how I view it. And I think that would confuse a lot of people because they might think, oh, that's weird. Like, you're literally Pakistani. You've been to Pakistan so many times. And I have. But there's a lot of culture that is involved in that country. And that's not a bad thing. Culture is so, so beautiful. And honestly, like, Pakistani culture is literally gorgeous. Our South Asian kind of heritage is the most stunning heritage like that i've ever had the opportunity to ever witness because obviously i am south asian and we love everything about it i can literally hear a bike i'm so sorry guys it's so loud <laughs> okay i'm so i'm sorry if you heard that in the back um but yeah anyways having said that there are a lot of downsides to the culture and hang on that is something that could be said about so many other cultures out there but i feel like once you're fully fully immersed in one you will only be able to see the differences then there are good things and bad things in every culture in every kind of like country but for me um in pakistan there's a lot of like cultural norms and expectations that are still held on to this day which kind of confuse you so much regarding islam and it's like hang on this is so confusing like the adhan obviously goes and is played five times a day there as well um but in terms of like the ability to just walk into a mosque at least where i'm from in pakistan the ability to just walk into a mosque and just pray in the women's section it's not something that can be done like sadly to say i can't really leave the house like without like you know my father or my brother something because it's just not safe like it's not safe out, out there um and in morocco like you know again some people still say the same thing or in any other muslim country turkey for example there will be people who will say the same thing for me i've just not explored that perhaps that's because i'm in a tourist kind of like area but even then walking about and stuff i don't feel unsafe or i don't feel uncomfortable you know what i'm saying um but yeah that's just my experience um so back to what that girl was saying about you know how we can help someone's alarm is going off i'm not joking this is like literally crazy i'm so sorry about this uh, back to what we were saying about the girl who said that you know she wants a purpose in life to be something close to islam and she's grateful for the work she has i think everybody has felt this at one point this alarm is not gonna switch off i'm so sorry but i have to carry on oh it's switched off um <laughs> So I think everybody has felt this at one point in their life where we're just like, how do we give back to the community or how do we do something that will help um, everybody else? And regarding that topic, by the way, there will be a homeless feed in Manchester um, next week. So if you want to volunteer, please, please, please message me on Instagram um, and we can get you involved. It's literally in Manchester Central. And I'm saying this right here, right now, because I'm supposed to be recruiting people <laughs> for volunteering and I'm on holiday. So it's been very hard. Um, but yeah, if you are interested in that, please message me and I'll sort it out for you guys. And you can also meet me because I'll be there as well. So we can all get to know each other and be friends. Um, but yeah, so that's like, for example, a way of giving back to the community. But um, in terms of like Islam, it is really hard, I think. And on top of that, like meeting fellow sisters in the community, that's very difficult because I've seen so many girls who, you know, they speak about this and they're like, oh, I don't have you know muslim friends like girls that are friends and like that will keep me that's actually some that's a real thing that you know some people go through and struggle with and it's really sad um but 
yeah like i think with this type of topic a lot of people in the comments by the way felt the same way like for example said someone said yes i do haha sometimes i even feel like the subject i'm studying is useless because my profession may not be able to help anyone so i think that gets to a point where you grow up in life and you start to realize what does it truly mean to be muslim and what does being muslim mean to me and how can i do better because obviously like i said there's fitna and then on top of that like something as small as like um you know refugees and like you know for example the homeless or um people who are being you know basically ostracized for their religion it's just so scary because you always feel like you've got it better than them or you're just not doing enough or you somehow start to feel guilty but um i think for this type of stuff i would really recommend people to start to get involved in their community uh definitely like reach out to other people get involved um and i know that's so easy for me to sit here and be like oh get involved like it's not as easy as that but definitely look i mean i remember a time when i literally didn't really know anything like i didn't know anything about my religion but on top of that like i had i didn't know any of these volunteering activities there is someone cleaning on their top terrace and it's just oh i'm sorry about the noise again but yeah um volunteering and stuff will really really help i think with volunteering you you feel a sense of okay i'm giving back i'm also contributing and i'm also meeting lots of people so yeah i would recommend that definitely okay guys so the next reddit thread is am i the idiot for refusing to let my husband eat from my plate at the restaurant my husband and i have totally different tastes when it comes to food that's perfectly fine however lately and whenever we go out to a restaurant we both order different dishes then he suddenly asks to eat from my dish and would throw a fit if i refuse he's done this several times and i snapped and told him to stop asking an order from the same dish if he wanted it so bad Last night we went out for dinner and ordered different dishes. Before we made the order, I asked if, sorry, I asked if he was sure about the dish he picked and he said, "Yes." The food arrived and each of us had our plate and started eating. Literally minutes later, he asked if he could eat from my dish. I looked at him like, "Are you serious right now?" That's what she wrote. <laughs> and he went on about how he couldn't resist the looks of the dish and really really wanted to try it. I refused and said no. I kept eating and he kept pushing till I blew up and he got quiet all of a sudden. Then he got up and walked out. He was furious with me and picked an argument at home and I got back. He said that I acted petty and that all he asked was for a few bites from my meal and I chose to make a scene and yell and embarrass him instead. We're not speaking to each other right now because of what happened. I feel so bad about it and I think that I could have just let him have some of the food instead of choosing to die on such a silly hill. Okay. I'm so sorry but I disagree entirely with her viewpoint. I am on the husband side here. The reason for this is because first and foremost there's so much that you can unpick from this but what is so wrong with sharing your food? And what what is this? What are you like entitled? Are you privileged? You're literally married. Like if it was someone else where like for example if you're out with a colleague or you know friends or something and you're actually like paying for separate meals or even then I personally as a muslim like I think it's just it just makes sense to share your food. Would you not just share your food? I'm trying to think of it from a different perspective whereas these people may not be muslim but I would tr- I would maybe okay then I'd maybe get your you know your viewpoint but it's not like he's asking you to swap your entire food like he just wanted to try your food what's so wrong with that and then on top of that like you're literally married like I swear like you're married people you're literally like you I just I do I even need to explain that like you're married like you guys live together 
you you love you supposedly love each other if you love someone would you not want to share your food with them that does not make sense to me i look back to how we do it in islam and how we do it as muslims and the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his wives like they would literally share their food at the point where you know he would drink or eat from the same place where aisha radiallahu touched her food or drank her water from the same place where she put her lips sorry on the water because that's how much love they had for each other like it just it just feels so weird to me because I feel like there's an underlying current here. This is not about the food. This is about something else. Because you would not blow up like that over someone trying to eat your food. What is so wrong with you guys trying to eat food? We do that all the time. Like, we'll all order different dishes and we want to try each other's food. That's the whole point. Like, because all of us know what we like, but then you want the other person to kind of like, you know, um, basically vary their food, you know, choices and stuff. So you're like, oh, hey, try some of mine that's just literally like do you not offer each of the food if if anything would you not say oh do you want to try my food like you have to try my food maybe that's just like a south asian and middle eastern thing where we force it down each other's throat like we don't even let each other pay for the meal right and we're like nope you have to eat you are not leaving before you eat or if you go to a restaurant together like no no no, you have to try this food try my food right now that's just us but like how are you guys not just i just cannot fathom this i personally feel like he is right because she did make a big scene out of this. Why'd you have to blow up about it? Why could you not just bloody give him the food? That's what doesn't make sense to me. Oh my God. So I'm going to read the comments. Let's have a look at what everyone says. Frankly, this just seems strange. You're married, but pay for your own meals when out together. Do you ask for separate checks? Is he asking for just a bite to taste or actually eat? Does he not like his dish? Or since you both pay for your own meals, is he short on money? So wants to eat your dish and take his home left for leftovers? Someone said, this is what jumped out to me. It seems like there's a lot of discontent in the marriage, not just him eating from her plate. Um, someone said, I thought this was weird too. It's not to say that every couple has to share food, but my husband always gets a taste of what I have and I get a taste of his too when we're out to eat. Literally, like that just that just makes sense. How are you guys... I just don't understand. It just doesn't make sense. So someone said... Um, you just reminded me that my brother and I used to say this to each other when we were kids. So someone else replied said, this was such a common thing in my family. My brother and I ate whatever our mum would make or order for us and she encouraged us to try a bit of everything at potlucks or whatever, just in case it's your new favourite thing. My brother and I still do this when we're out. My dad's a bit stingy, but we're very much still our mother's little food tasters at heart. And that's so adorable. Like, literally, I feel like that just makes sense. What is wrong with you? Okay, so someone said, I'm also wondering how much he's actually eating. My husband often asks for bites of things, and depending on the situation, it may only be an actual bite, or next thing you know, he's eating half of my mac and cheese. Um, yeah. Someone said, I'm wondering if there's some of the angsters in the a few bit, bites bit. There's a difference between sharing a taste and having someone dig in uninvited. My ex used to do that when my back was dead, and suddenly a third of my meal was gone. <laughs> But it doesn't sound like he was helping himself to a massive portion. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's just weird. Anyways, um, share your food, guys. Literally, sharing is caring. Were you not taught that when you were children? Share. Like, literally share your stuff. What is so wrong about that? I personally think that she is being incredibly petty and there's some other issue that's going on here. It's not about the food. But you guys can let me know what you think. Maybe some of you think that, you know, she's right and the husband is being annoying but i don't know me personally i think if you're married and you know you've said that you know you're gonna be you know for together forever and all that stuff like how can you not share your food that's just like the bare minimum 
Okay, guys, so I'm going to do one more Reddit thread, and I think that's going to be it for today's episode, only because, obviously, like I said, I am on holiday. So um, let's read this one. My husband smashed our baby's picture. So this is a trigger warning, guys, of miscarriage and violence. If you are not okay with that type of stuff, please do pause now or skip till the end. Um, But if you want to listen more, let's carry on. Some history. We've been married 11 years, together for 14. He's been sick for the last seven years. My 35-year-old husband, John... Sorry, sorry. She's 35 years old and her husband is 38 years old. So her husband's called John. He was left with a traumatic brain injury after a bad car crash. Shortly after he woke from a coma, I lost our baby. Is there a plane in the sky? Sorry. Um, I was absolutely devastated. I had just hit 10 weeks, but already I loved that baby. So did he. Before the accident, he was excited to paint the nursery. We already discussed names. We were happy. We were excited. We couldn't wait to tell people. But then he was in his accident and I had to grieve our loss alone. He's not John anymore. He doesn't speak much anymore apart from a few words or yelling when he gets into a rage. When he gets like this, sometimes he smashes things. I've tried talking to him to calm down. I've tried distracting or deflecting his attention away from what's upsetting him, but it doesn't work. He calls me names, yells at me, says awful things, and I feel terrible because I can see he's terrified. He doesn't know why he can't remember who I am or why he gets into rages. Oh, wow, that's quite sad. When he starts smashing things, it's usually plates, cups and chairs. A while ago, he tore a door off the hinges. How strong is this man? I tend to lock myself in our bathroom to avoid him until he calms down. Yesterday, I came home and gave him the usual kiss on the cheek. Yesterday was tough because it was the anniversary of my miscarriage. I have a beautifully framed photo of my scan and I always have a tiny vase with a single flower in it. The frame is a lovely silver one that a friend sent me from abroad. On anniversaries, I light a candle in front of the photo and pray. Well, this time it set off John. He started crying, then switched to anger when I asked him if he was okay. I made the mistake of asking him, did he remember our baby? He started punching the arm of his chair, yelling, no baby, no baby, over and over. Aww. This upset me because I don't know if he's in denial or because of his brain damage, he genuinely cannot understand or remember that we had been expecting. It's so heartbreaking because sometimes it seems like it clicks for him and he remembers but then he shuts off again. I decided to leave him be and went to finish my prayer when he got up, yelling, stop. He grabbed the frame, threw it on the floor and started stamping on it. Oh my God, John. I couldn't move. I was completely horrified and then he grabbed my little vase and threw it against the wall. I'm sorry, I'm quite scared at this point. I yelled at him to stop it, but he pushed me away and kept screaming no over and over again while he kicked my frame around the room. I managed to whip the actual scan from the ground and ran to our bathroom to hide while he raged. He did eventually calm down, but only after he came upstairs and tried to kick the bathroom door in. He usually... What is that noise? He usually tires himself out after one of his mood swings. Thankfully, he was asleep in our bed and when I came out... I hid the scan and cleaned up the sitting room. The frame is destroyed. I'm very upset, but I've accepted that he'll never be able to grieve properly because he cannot grasp what happened. He is not the same man I married, and it breaks my heart because he looks like my husband, smells like my husband. When he talks, his voice is my husband's. But this man is not my husband. I miss him. I love him, and I'm so angry. I'm angry that my family keep telling me to offer it up to God, that this is what marriage is. I'm angry that the kind, gentle, sweet man I married is gone. I'm angry that our future is gone, our baby is gone, and I can't bring myself to be angry at him because he genuinely cannot understand. Okay, this is very long. 
I'm angry at my priest who told me that a good wife wouldn't question these things, that God has decided I deserve to be tested. I'm angry that he said my husband would be returned by God if I give up all my vices, which are smoking and the occasional drink. Okay. I'm angry that anyone I ask for help from my family, they just tell me to speak to the same therapist who is useless. I'm so tired and sad that this is my life. Edit. Edited to add because somebody asked... Sorry. Edited to add because someone already DM'd me about it. Yes, my boss and I shared a kiss last month. It should not have happened. I'm aware that I'm a horrible person for that, but please no more horrid messages. I already got two people who told me to kill myself because my husband deserved better than me. Edit two. I have tried therapy. A counsellor was recommended to me by the ladies group at church, but he was not great. I asked about antidepressants and he was horrified. Told me they were a crutch for the weak and for those... Who have evil in their heart as I am meant to lean on God for guidance and rely on him to lift me. I've put my name down for an appointment with an actual counsellor recommended by my doctor who's great. John has never laid a hand on me even in his worst rages. He's never touched me or thrown anything at me. He's called me names or yelled nonsense but physically nothing. And I don't really have friends. All of the ladies I talk to are part of my church group so it's a bit hard to open up to them. My one good friend has pulled back from me so I'm feeling quite lonely. Wow. Okie dokie. Right, so I'm not going to really talk on the Christianity stuff because I don't have enough knowledge about it. But I will say that that is quite sad, like, to tell someone that they have so much evil in them that they need to basically do X, Y, Z. Like, that's really sad, and I don't think that's the right way to go about it. That is the one thing I will say. But number two, definitely there's some medical stuff that really needs to be looked into this because, for example, someone's saying, I'm sure you shared this with his doctors, but you need help and support, not just prayer. Yeah. So even in Islam, for example, yeah, play, prayer and everything, like, it is what you need. Like, it's what it's what you need to complete yourself. But on top of that, when you are going through episodes and phases in life, for example, if you are going through depression, and people will turn around and be like, you're depressed because you don't pray, or you don't read Quran. But, like, you do read Quran and you do pray. That doesn't mean that you can't actually seek medical help. Like, you can. And antidepressants, yeah, in all reality they aren't exactly the best things to be going on but for some people it's made such a big difference so you shouldn't ignore that type of stuff um but she needs like a proper actual counselor which i'm glad that she's you know booked in for to be fair she did add a lot of edits but um it is quite sad because she's gone through a lot like there's a lot that's gone through and like sorry why did i just say that there's a lot that's happened to her for example even the miscarriage that's so upsetting and she's angry you can tell she's feeling it i mean it's just so upsetting i feel really feel for people like this because when you're a carer it's not easy for the carer as well you talk about the people who need caring yes 120 percent, but sometimes the carer gets a bit well made out to be invisible in that situation we forget that they exist and that's not the way it should be because essentially that is what she's doing she's caring for her husband now after his um car accident so yeah that is really really sad um i really hope that she gets better i just kind of wanted to talk about this when i hadn't read it before the fact that she's like spoke about the um edits as well and then people telling her to actually go and basically kill herself. That's so upsetting. Why would you ever do that? Like, some people have too much to say about other people's lives. That's one thing for sure. But anyways, um, I hope 
that you guys enjoyed this episode because that is quite it frankly um and i'm so sorry for it being shorter i'm so sorry for kind of being all over the place because of the noise um and not having it proper planned out i promise i did have an actual episode sorted out but i just feel like i should do it more justice so then inshallah next week maybe when i'm back we can get that sorted out one more thing if you would like to volunteer for the homeless feed in manchester it is on i believe the 21st um of october but please do message me uh for more details on instagram and i can basically get you guys involved um so until then i i'm gonna leave you guys to it and yeah see you guys next week inshallah take care